Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, we are back in the studio today, and it is Advent season, and um, we've been going through Christmas carols, unpacking the rich theology that is in them. It's been a, it's been a pretty fun time. My eyes are still tearing up from the last recording, just laughing so hard in here. I, I have enjoyed it. I, That's when we were singing? No. <laughs> <laughs> different tears. Yeah, different. Those, those would be different tears. Agony. So um, perhaps, uh, you know, I had a congregational member text me the other day saying, hey, do you know any good uh, devotionals, Advent devotionals that would be good for my family? Um, and, and while you're looking that up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read why that might be important. So Sinclair Ferguson writes in his devotional called The Dawn of Redeeming Grace, he says, quote, in this Christmas season, as we sing the same carols, listen to the same Bible passages and hear sermons on the same familiar themes and follow the same traditions as we have for many years, we are perhaps in more danger than at any other time of year of saying the right things with our lips without really engaging our hearts. And so that's part of the reason why we're trying to unpack some of these themes and talk about this season, because how tragic would it be to go into church and sing about the coming of the Lord and just you know, not, I mean, like Isaiah yeah. twenty nine thirteen. 13, these people drew close to me with their lips, but their hearts were far from me. Mm-hmm. So maybe we can give some helps um, for families here. I think my top two are Sinclair Ferguson's The 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 Dawn of Redeeming Grace that Josh just quoted. And that just came out this year. That came out this year. And then he had one that he produced last year called um, when love came down at Christmas, or love came down at Christmas, which is also just excellent, and that one is actually built off of First Corinthians thirteen, yep. uh, that chapter that's familiar to us on love, and he is applying that all the way through an Advent theme. Um, some of the other ones that we've enjoyed, if, if you're if you've been able to handle the the Christmas Carol um, uh, shows that we've been Spend going it out, through, you can do it. Um, <laughs> Johnny Axentata and um, Bobby Wolgamuth produced some of these little devotional books um, based upon hymns, and one of the devotionals that they produced was specifically on Christmas carols. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it's it's a nice weaving of biblical narrative and some of the history behind the the carols. And then there's always they produce the carols within the book, and so there's an opportunity to sing them together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, our kids, really found those to be. And we're not a singing family; um, we're not the Von Trops. Um, <laughs> and that was, I, I thought, our family really enjoyed that. There's a new one um, that just came out this year called um, "The Promise and the Light," and um, it does take some uh, liberties, but it is a Christmas retelling. And so it tries to put the human element into the storyline um, that is sometimes missing from the biblical narrative um, that I think 
the biblical writers would just assume you understood um, the thought process of a mom or of these two teenage kids or a teenage mom and, and maybe somebody a little, slightly older and Joseph, what they might be thinking and feeling and experiencing. And, and some of those details are woven into a, a narrative account. Maybe a couple untraditional um, devotionals, uh, Keeping Holiday by Star Mead. Uh, it, really enjoy that. It, it's a very fictional yep. account. Um, and then one more, C.S. Lewis is The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. So not about Advent proper, but about Advent through the story of Narnia. Aslan coming into the world. He's landed. He's on the move. I mean, that's what ended the, the winter. Um, and that's precisely what we see in the New Testament. Jesus came into the world and light came into the world. So two very short ones that are pretty pithy and, and direct are Why Christ Came by Beaky and Bokestein and um, The Passion of Christ or 50 Reasons Why Jesus Came to Die by John Piper. Both are doing the same thing. They take all of the New Testament texts that say, um, where there are direct sayings about Jesus saying, this is why I came into the world, or in the epistles where they say, Jesus came to, and then fill in the blank, and then they write little devotionals on the reasons why Jesus mm-hmm. came. Mm-hmm. Perfect. All right, so there you go. There's a resource list for you. Um, today, we're going to go over the song, Joy to the World, and maybe just to kind of prime your hearts before you before we read this. So, um Traditionally, especially in our, our confessions and catechisms, uh, it said that that Jesus came to fulfill three roles as prophet, priest, and king. And uh, joy to the world, if you're thinking about, okay, which theme does Jesus fulfill in this song? It's very much the role of king. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he came as a prophet because he's the only one who's revealed the Father to us uh, in, in his own person. He came as a priest because he came to sacrifice his own self so that we could be redeemed. Mm-hmm. And he came as our king. Mm-hmm. And um, and this is the language of, of Matthew chapter two. When the wise men um, came to uh, Herod they, or to Jerusalem, they say, where is he who is born king of the Jews? So with that in mind, go ahead. I, I actually thought you were going to the fact that the joy to the world actually encompasses all three. Mm-hmm. That it's the let earth receive her king, king, the savior reigns, priests, and the glories of his righteousness and the theme of the prophets was... Righteousness. I stand corrected. No, well, no. I think, I think maybe maybe the emphasis that I would say is oh, it's on the king. Yeah, because yeah, even yeah. even in the third stanza where it says truth and grace, it says he rules through yep. truth and grace. Yep. And and even in the second stanza on the savior, it says that the savior reigns. Yep. Mm-hmm. So no, but so, I, I actually thought you were doing something quite profound there no, for a yeah, while. I, like I, wow, I, I did. He's I, going I, beyond. He didn't go below the surface there. <laughs> Actually, this, I had never I, see, seen I this build before. very low ex- expectations <laughs> <Yeah>. here. <laughs> I, I mean, given the fact that you are the world's tallest elf, That's I, right, I, yes, I, got it in. Yes, I, I thought you were you were doing something. I'm like, oh, I've no, never seen no, that before. No, no, and then you went a different direction. So, so sorry, so sorry. Back to what Tune you in were tomorrow saying. when we actually when we get talk really about joy to the world. <laughs> Okay, so uh, first stanza, um, joy to the world, the Lord is come, let earth receive her king, let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing. And of course, it repeats one more time. Um, so this idea, so getting into the narrative of, of Matthew chapter 2, in Matthew chapter 1, we have a genealogy of Jesus, we have the story of Gabriel speaking to um 
Joseph saying, you know, don't put Mary away. This child is is from the Holy Spirit. And then we get into Matthew chapter two and no language of king has even been spoken in Matthew chapter one. And, mm-hmm. the, you know, and, and then chapter the, two, and then the chapter two, it's these Gentiles, Where these, is he these, these, these magi, these wise men who come and say, where is this one who is born king of the Jews? And it kind of comes, it should shock you. Like it should come out of nowhere. What do you mean king of the Jews? Well, it did shock Herod who it considered did. himself to be the king of the Jews. That's right. Actually, the, you know, I know you're going to Matthew there, but this um, particular song was written by Isaac Watts and it was his paraphrase of Psalm 98. Mm. Um, he, he's picking up... Uh, you know Isaac Watts um you know was challenged by his father um to write uh, s- s- psalms and he he brought the psalm in a sense to completion where it uh, focuses on the on the Lord Jesus Christ every psalm that he, every paraphrase of the psalm that he did he showed how it was pointing forward uh to Christ and so that's what he was doing in this um, when he's emphasizing these things of the king. But Psalm 98 is really about calling all creation to make this joyful noise before the Lord. To, you know, he's, he's come to judge the earth. He's come to restore his creation. This is the restoration of all, all things. Uh, that's why ultimately this psalm is not simply about um, you know, the birth of Christ. This is, a, this is a song for all seasons. This is a, the hope of all seasons. You know, the one, uh, actually our favorite chorus in that whole thing is, no more let sin and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings known far as the curse is found. Yeah. And, and, and that, that curse takes us all the way back to Genesis 3. This is, you know, the greatest tragedy in all of uh, it, it, that ever ever happened is that sin enters the world. Adam and Eve sin against God, and they're banished from the garden. The ground is cursed. Yeah. So I didn't know the history on Isaac Watts. Um, that that was super helpful. I guess what I the, the direction I was going in the direction of the Old Testament because I was trying to say is that. The New Testament cannot be understood apart from the old. And one of the sicknesses that we have in modern evangelicalism is we just try to focus the old the old testament's kind of irrelevant and, and even famous evangelical teachers today have said, Well, we need to unhitch the old from the new. Well, here's the problem. You get to the birth of Jesus here at Advent season, and you have no context for this this language of the Magi saying the king has been born, unless you go to the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And it and is it is just a, a slight little clue in Matthew ch- chapter one about the king, because the angel comes to to Joseph and says, "Joseph, son of David." You're like, wait, why 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 are you saying that? Mm-hmm. Well, he's saying that because the promise was that there was going to be one that comes from the lineage of of David that mm-hmm. would come to rule, mm-hmm. and so. That little that little niggle in in chapter one of wait, who's the son of David? Yeah, it's Joseph, but it's also the the one that Joseph is going to 
have as quote unquote his his son yep. that is the true son of David well, that's come. In the genealogy, in the very first verse, it says this is the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And if we remember when the, the covenant of circumcision was given in Genesis 17, God specifically promised that kings will come from you. And he said and he repeated the same promise to Sarah. Fast forward to Genesis 49 when Jacob Mm -hmm. blessed Judah. He said, the scepter shall not depart from Judah until tribute comes to him. Until the obedience of the people come to him. Until the obedience. And that's a, I mean, not just the obedience of the Jewish nation, but of peoples, plural, Mm -hmm. of all the peoples from every tribe and tongue and nation. So when we open up with this first line, joy to the world, Mm -hmm. the Lord is come. This has thousands of years of biblical history behind this one line. And it's it's fascinating. It says, let earth receive her king. And if you go back to Psalm 98, um, the songbook for the nation of Israel, it says, the Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. Yeah. All the ends of the earth have seen uh, the salvation of our God. So it wasn't restricted, even though he was the son of David. Mm-hmm. He was coming of, as the king of all. Mm-hmm. Um, and that tension, the Jewish people really struggled with. Yeah. That they wanted it to make the coming Messiah their king. And God. A military king. Even. Yeah. And God never colored inside the lines that they kept drawing for him. Mm-hmm. And he kept saying, no, he's not your king. He is. Yeah. But he's beyond that. He yeah. is the king of all. He is the the. The, the Lord of all. And when we get to um, we get to uh, Luke, Mary's song and, and Zechariah's song, and, and you see those prophecies where they're, they are connecting the dots. Even if they're doing it unknowingly, there's dots being connected uh, with this king who is not only a light to the Jews, but a light to the Gentiles as well. So what we're going to do is we're going to follow up on this song uh, next time because uh, I think we only – this is typical of preachers, right? We only got like two lines into it. We're doing really bad. (laughs) It's who I'm working with. (laughs) All right. Well, this has been The Gospel for Life. If you like our shows, um, go subscribe to The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe to podcasts. We hope that you um, have a wonderful Advent season, that you worship the Lord Jesus Christ, that you are connected to a local church. We'll see you next time. 